everyone, and welcome to another episode of This Is Getting Graphic. I am one of your hosts, Andrew Kilpatrick, and this is also a show that celebrates the wildest and wackiest that comic books and graphic novels have to offer. And I am, of course, your other host, Phil Oberholzer, who actually remembers how our introduction goes. <laughs> Look, it feels like it's been a hot minute, so, you know, we got around to it, right? It has, it has. We have both been busy dealing with life, as stupid as that is. Yeah, it's been terrible. You gotta, you gotta get a mortgage, you gotta put a bunch of kids in your car. Sometimes you go by the payday space and it just doesn't go the way you want it to. It's, you know, it's terrible. This is hilarious coming from a guy that has neither a mortgage, nor kids, nor a payday space. And yet, they you still make a fantastic voice. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I just let some big cat out of the bag. You, you've completely just spoiled the entirety of my life for these audience. Did I just dox you in front of an entire internet crowd? Well, since you didn't give my home address, I think we're okay. We know it's not a house. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, that reminds me, uh, Phil's home address is, by the way, if no! you want to send him hate mail. No. <laughs> oh, please. If they want to send me hate mail, they have better ways of finding me. <laughs> True enough. Just send Anyways. it to the email, which is this is getting graphic at gmail.com if anyone's interested. We love you all. We do. Even if you send <laughs> us hate mail. but so yeah here we are and we're here for the second part of the summer of secret wars i'll record whatever happens so that the greatest war ever fought isn't a secret Woohoo! yes indeed so uh tell me phil uh what do you remember from last time i remember dr doom's an idiot (laughs) i remember dr doom is stupid and galactus was pretending to be a lighthouse (laughs) <laughs> also, Magneto got fucked over, and he's now living his best life. Well, he, he did kidnap the Wasp, which is nice. Is it? Is it, though? Well, well for him, she did maybe. turn on the whole, like, you only listen because you're mutants bullshit. <laughs> there there was a lot of that. There was a lot of that. There really was a lot of that. We, we jumped, as heroes, they jumped to racism real quick. There was also a lot of, I miss my wife. I miss her a lot. <laughs> you know, we gotta throw some wholesomeness in here when, you know, an intergalactic rift is holding you hostage. Yeah, but, uh, so, uh, we we obviously, we're, we're not gonna do a whole recap because we did a whole recap at the beginning, but, uh, Just go watch our last episode. Give us views. <laughs> I mean, it might be a little boring to watch considering this is an audio medium, but, uh, you know... Okay, you know what? Touche. That's for me making fun of you screwing up the intro. We're even now. <laughs> there we go. There we are. So, um, I I actually do have a question for you here before we uh, hop into the uh, into the second uh, the next two issues here. Yes. Um, so, um, I, I mentioned before that uh, the roster that we currently have among the heroes and the villains and everything. Uh, is not the entirety of the roster that we will be seeing uh, throughout the course of this series. And mm. um, we're going to have a couple of additions in uh, in actually uh, one of the issues that uh, happens today. So my question for you is, if you could bring any Marvel character who's not already in this thing into this thing, hero or villain, who would it be and why? Ghost Rider. Nah, I saw that one coming. <laughs> <laughs> because... 
The man is virtually unstoppable, and if the Rift has eyes, he is fucked, because the Ghost Rider can destroy anything with eyes. There's also not a lot of magical representation here, I will say. That too, um, and magic could solve a lot of problems right now. Yeah, like, I want to say, well, I guess that's not entirely true. There's not a lot of magical representation on the hero's side. Like, on the villain's side, we've got Doctor Doom, we've got the Enchantress, uh, the Absorbing Man is technically magic, the Wrecker is technically magic, so... Wait, wait, um, wait, the Wrecker is magic? He's not just some douche with a crowbar? Oh, he is a douche with a crowbar, but that crowbar is actually, um, enchanted with Asgardian magic, so technically he's magic. Yeah. What the fuck are they using it for? Pulling out Asgardian nails? Yeah. (laughs) You, You gotta have something, right? I mean, I guess it feels like a bad use of Asgardian metal, in my opinion. If if you're pounding in a nail, say, with, you know, Mjolnir, the most powerful hammer in existence, you gotta have something equally as powerful to get those nails out, if need be. Is that how bored Thor is? He's outsourcing himself to carpentry skills? Look, have hammer, will hammer, right? (laughs) And that might be the title of our episode. (laughs) <laughs> we'll see, actually. That might actually be a good uh, good title based on some things that happen in this issue. But anyway. Oh, um, boy. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I, I've thought about this a bit, too. Um, and my answer to the question would actually be the Silver Surfer. And my reason for to that. Calm, to calm Galactus the fuck down. Oh, I don't know that he would necessarily do that, seeing how he's not Galactus as Herald anymore. But he's also, like, incredibly powerful and incredibly just, um... He's he's very philosophically minded, which is something that I feel the hero's side is really lacking. You know what I mean? True, true. And kind of in that vein, well, more in the vein of, like, where we were talking about earlier with magic representation, you know who else I might bring in on the hero's side? Yeah. Magic. As in Ileana Rasputin? I do indeed, because she could just fucking get them home. Yeah, but that'd be too easy. (laughs) I know, that's why I'd want her here. Problem fucking solved. Also, leave all the villains on this planet. A million problems immediately solved. I mean, it's also one of those things where it's like, even if they tried to do that, would the Beyonder let them? Because... It's Ileana Rasputina. Nobody mouths off to her. Yeah, but, I mean, this is an entity that has destroyed stars and planets, like, across an entire section of space. So, like, you know, you don't know what would happen if they tried to make this happen. You know what I mean? This is a sassy blonde bombshell with a soul sword. I know who I'm putting my money on. (laughs) Oh, I actually do have another answer for that, too, since you gave another one. Uh, Namor? And my reason for that is because... Why? He would put up with no one's bullshit. Namor would have had this solved in 20 minutes. Well, I know he's not showing up because it's not November. <laughs> yeah, no, Namor will not be making an appearance in this issue. It's very sad. You know sad, what your but... problem is, Reed? <laughs> Do you know no, what your no. problem is, Doom? <laughs> exactly. You don't appreciate handshakes. Exactly. Namor would solve this whole thing in 20 minutes, since that's why he's not also in the book. (laughs) Damn. We are better planners than these writers. (laughs) 
So it Actually, would maybe we're not because we're solving the conflict immediately and that's not a compelling story. No, it's not. Exactly. Well, we're, we're certainly better at making toy deals, I would hope. But anyway... I would um... hope so. At the very least, better than this. <laughs> but so anyway, uh, it's time to hop back in for the next two issues of Marvel Superheroes Secret Wars. So we're going to pick up here with uh, the next issue in the series, which is Marvel Superheroes Secret Wars number three. And I'm pulling that up right now, and you should be able to see the cover. Oh, that is interesting, and... I hope this is not foreboding of events to come, because if so, I'm going to be very angry. <laughs> well, uh, describe what it is that you see on this cover. It looks like a bunch of heroes fighting each other. It looks like Spider-Man fighting Wolverine, while Cyclops takes a blast at him, while Colossus tries to grab Spider-Man's ankles. It looks like... Nightcrawler popping in out of nowhere while Storm flies in to give someone a glowy-handed hug. <laughs> and it looks like Professor Xavier has fallen and he can't get up while Rogue is touching him, <laughs> thankfully, with gloves on. Yes. But yeah, um, it looks like complete turmoil on the hero side while I'm guessing Magneto is off-screen somewhere sipping tea. <laughs> well, one one thing that you may notice is that uh, the the heroes that are fighting Spider-Man here are all X-Men, which is interesting, wouldn't you say? And they didn't do shit at the end of the last comic, too. Yeah, the, a little suspicious how they didn't show up, isn't it? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's something that may or may not be addressed in in this uh, in this comic. Whatever happened, I'm blaming it on Reed Richards. <laughs> it was probably his fault. But so anyway, <laughs> it yeah, usually so, is. So this cover is essentially um pitched battle between members of the X-Men and Spider-Man, which again, this is something that uh it, it is a scene from the book itself. I will say that right now, but uh I'm not going to tell you the context until we actually get there. I got to say, considering he's going up against Wolverine, Colossus, Nightcrawler, Cyclops, Storm and all them, Petey looks like he's holding his own. He is holding his own pretty well. The one thing that I am a little bit concerned about is he may have just broken his own foot by kicking Colossus in the head. As Colossus Ow. is in organic metal, so, you know, ouch. Either that or he's like, need a springboard for a second. Sorry, buddy. Uh, that is entirely likely, too. Maybe, I mean, he looks like he's, like, clinging to the side as he's, like, lunging at Wolverine here. Uh, and it, it, what's funny here is that Wolverine does not seem to actually be using his claws in any form. He's got them out, but they're, like, completely facing the wrong direction. <laughs> Don't stab the spider! Don't stab the spider! <laughs> Petey's good! Petey's on our side! You ask me, Nightcrawler's got the best chance here since he's coming up from behind. Well, he's got to time this well, because otherwise he's going to collide midair with Storm. And I kind of want that to happen, because that would look hilarious. <laughs> also, my, my favorite here is Scott, who very clearly is not actually looking at Spider-Man based on the direction of the optic blasts. It's like he was about to blast Spider-Man, and then he was like, oh, a bird! And then just... <laughs> he really is missing completely. He whiffed by a mile with that optic beam. <laughs> I know, I, I do kind of dig it. And I'm allowed to make fun I of them this because wallpaper. they're my favorite characters. So, <laughs> all right. So uh, let's hop into the comic itself. Also, uh, what I forgot to point out on this cover, 
The Crisis Within! Oh, good. We're gonna get some superheroes disagreeing and then fighting each other. Meanwhile, the villains are doing just fine bullshit. It's the Marvel Universe. This is how they interact. But we anyway... Gotta, it's, it's really true, though. The heroes can't stop punching each other in the Marvel Universe. Stop no, it! No, it's true! Bad guys! Bad people over there! Deal with them! <laughs> so, yeah, now let's actually hop into the comic itself. So, uh, where we begin is, uh, we are looking across the surface of, uh, of Battleworld, where there is, uh, as the captions is described, a massive storm going on outside. A storm whose fury would tear a mortal limb from limb in an instant. So... And looks damn good in leather pants. <laughs> I give you Hurricane Aurora. Oh, <laughs> don't I wish. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, it's not her. I thought that was her grand entrance. Actually, no. Um, Storm has nothing to do with this. This is natural weather going on on, uh, on Battleworld. That feels disappointing. Yeah, essentially, it's just like a big old... Um, it's like six hurricanes rolled into one that are going on outside. Jesus, are you sure he wants you to fight? <laughs> the Beyonder up here like, okay, this is how we kill them. <laughs> they think I brought them here for pitched combat. Fools! I am just an exterminator! <laughs> They're doing so a pretty good job of that. Did you see that tin can robot try to fight the living god? <laughs> well, Dr. Doom put him back together, so it wasn't entirely successful. <laughs> Ultron Doombot! So, yeah, uh, we've got this uh, dangerous weather going on outside, and we see one of the fortresses, uh, one of the three that are currently in operation right now, and this is the fortress that belongs to none other than Magneto, the master of magnetism. Who looks like he's doing just fine. Oh, yeah, he's doing great. Like, I, I love this room. Like, the floors are shiny and clean. He's got, like, beach chairs everywhere. Like, I will say, between the three bases, Magneto picked the best one. And he's he really the only does. One living he's fucking there. living in luxury. And I just imagine soft opera music playing in the background. Oh, absolutely. So, um, as he is, uh, he's gazing out at the storm outside, and he's, uh, kind of musing to himself how, how wondrous it is, and then he starts to return to, uh, to his seat, uh, removing his helmet and cape, and he says, But let the storm rage ever stronger. I have a guest to attend. <laughs> and, and then goes, Oh, forgot my helmet, and immediately gets vegetableized by Charles Xavier. Oh, we finally took it off! <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting gang. for this for three years! And it happens now, here? Wow! Look, now he thinks he's a bunny rabbit. Boing, boing, boing. <laughs> One problem solved. Now let's deal with Doctor Doom. <laughs> but so anyway, um, you may remember the uh, large ball of metal that he compacted together to imprison the wasp last time. I so... am looking at this panel as he is concentrating as the ball floats around the corner, and I just imagine Magneto going, whoop, forgot my junk ball, and floats <laughs> it up to him. There we go. But uh, so what he does is he breaks it apart and uh, frees the wasp in the, uh, in the midst of his, uh, his headquarters, and the wasp regains consciousness and um, grows back to her normal size. 
And uh, basically, she's very confused about uh, what happened and guesses that she's in Magneto's lair and is now wondering why exactly it was that he turned her loose before she, you know, died. So, um... You don't understand. I am so lonely. So... <laughs> oh, God. So, uh... Um, there is he... no one here to listen to me ramble. <laughs> I need to have someone hear my melodious voice, Janet. <laughs> <laughs> All of my speeches about destroying the weak fall on deaf ears when it's, it's... only me. <laughs> so, uh, Janet uh, makes her way down the corridor, and she turns to find Magneto lounging in his beach chair, eating what appears to be, like, a croissant of some sort, while he's just kind Where of lounging. Where did you find the ingredients and... for that? I don't know! He's just sitting there eating this shit, and he's got, like, a glass of some sort, too. It looks like he's drinking white wine. It's like, jeez, Eric. He really is sitting there sipping wine, looking at her with this, how you doing, look on his face. So as she, as she enters, he actually goes, Ah, good evening, Miss Van Dyne. Or do you prefer to be called Wasp? Do not bother trying to attack me, my dear. My person is magnetically shielded. Okay, okay, number one, what the fuck? Number two, is that a croissant? <laughs> I, 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 we've said it before, I'll say it again. Magneto's making the best of this situation. Like, he he's really large. is. Everybody else is struggling for survival. Magneto's on fucking vacation. Eric's just having a great time, and I'm thrilled for him. I really I am. I was gonna say, he fucking deserves it, man. The dude's been through a lot. He needs a break. He's even been through a lot here. He Everybody has. He... fucked him immediately. <laughs> so yeah, no, he deserves this break. He really does. And uh, but Janet is uh, none too impressed by his uh, sitting around eating croissants. So she blasts at him <laughs> with a uh, with her wasting and basically knocks all the food off of his lap. No, my croissant. <laughs> and she goes, "Your lunch isn't magnetically shielded, asshole." <laughs> and she goes, "I can bring this whole room down on top of you with my wasting, Magneto. Would that inconvenience you?" Hmm. <laughs> Not really, it's all metal. I will just move it to one side. It's all good, Janet. Like, you try, I could just fix up that hole in the roof. Do you want to go back in the junk ball? <laughs> so, uh, Magneto does uh, stand up at this point, and he goes, Well, that would make us both quite uncomfortable. The weather outside is deadly. Since neither of us can leave here for quite some time, I suggest a truce. I want to talk. That is the reason I brought you here. The weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. He really is laying there with, like, a knee up and his arm on it with this smile on his face. Is he trying to seduce the wasp? He's just having a good time, you know? That's, that's where we're at here. He looks like he's trying to have a good time. That pose... <laughs> he's got fuck-me eyes going on right now. So he does proceed into another speech, which is just... First, I apologize for the suffering I caused you. You're obviously a woman of intelligence and understanding, as well as great beauty. And I am... Yep, yep, Magneto's <laughs> thirsty. And I am not the monster you believe I am. Which is precisely what I wish to discuss. And... I'm the monster where it counts, baby. <laughs> and Janet replies with, Oh, my intelligence, understanding, and beauty, or your non-monsterhood? 
Why, both. And it's framed. <laughs> Smooth, Eric. I know. This is beautiful. I I love this sequence so much. <laughs> what the fuck is he doing? He really is just on vacation and is trying to get, like, a, an involuntary booty call from the wall. He's over here just like, come here often. Of course not. You kidnapped me. <laughs> no you brought me here so seems like quite the coincidence right no did you know that my hair is entirely naturally white cool let me go did you know that these lounge chairs are supremely comfortable and they go back all the way interesting <laughs> let me go <laughs> So, uh, we actually... All right, back in the junk ball. <laughs> so we actually cut from this conversation, uh, back to the hero's base, where, uh, essentially, there appears to be, like, a flood going on in the valley right outside of their base. <laughs> so, like, uh... It is not vacation for the heroes. Yeah. So they're, they're not having a great time. And actually, uh, the human torch is looking outside, and Ben Grimm strolls up and is like, Nice day, huh, torch? Oh, uh, and if you you may remember from last time that uh, spontaneously the thing transformed back into Ben Grimm for uh, no explained reason at this point. Yes, you told me there was a reason, and I am holding out for that. Yes, there is a reason. Uh, we're not going to get it for a bit, but there is a reason. So, um, yeah. So Johnny points out that uh, essentially th this is like the worst storm that they've ever seen and says, Even as the thing, I doubt you'd last more than a minute outside in that. And you're literally made of fire. What the fuck have you, what the fuck shot have you got? Exactly. <laughs> and so at that point, uh, lightning strikes a nearby mountain range and there's this giant ass boulder that is about to fall down onto the base. And Johnny yells out that they don't have a chance. But at that moment, right outside on the roof is Thor, the God of Thunder, who is, uh, he, he's looking up at this peak coming down at them all and goes, By the old father's grace, let the strength of Thor be now! And he's, sp he's spinning the hammer. I am done with my carpentry class! <laughs> I built everyone a nice cabinet. Now have at thee, boulder! <laughs> so what he does is, yeah, he tosses his hammer, smashes the boulder in uh, in a wonderful way, and uh, essentially saves the base, and then he gives this big grin on his face. He's just having a grand old time out here. That's pretty dope. That's a pretty dope moment, I must say. Except for the fact that now I'm sure 50 miniature boulders are raining down on the base. <laughs> I mean, essentially, but thankfully, like, the uh, the shielding of the base uh, makes it so that it's really not that big of a deal. Plus, everybody except Thor is inside, and as we've seen, Thor's good. Thor can handle himself out here. I'm glad the big Asgardian himbo is having a fun time. Yeah, he's just having a good time. Like, it even, uh, the narration says that, uh, his exultation at the unbridled fury of the elements is only redoubled by the flush of victory. This is everything Thor loves. This is the perfect place for him to be right now. He's having a great time. Like, good for Thor. If a frost giant shows up, he will literally retire here. <laughs> totally. So, uh, from, from there, we cut to inside, where She-Hulk appears to be moving a fairly large piece of machinery, and, uh, she's hanging out with Hawkeye, and, um, she's looking at him and she says, 
Put that dumb explosive arrow away, Hawkeye. As if it would have done any good against that Gibraltar-sized rock anyway. Oh, sick burn on the bowman. <laughs> and um, he's like, you'd be amazed what this trick arrow can do, She-Hulk. And she replies, huh, we're on another planet with more weird stuff per square inch than the Sunset Strip, and you think some trick arrow is going to amaze me? Lady, you have no idea what I can do with my trick arrow. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, uh, he then continues, What I think, Greeny, is that you're... You're... Nah, forget it. All I can think about is my new bride. I miss her, you know? Hey, you can't call me Greeny. I'm allowed to use that word. You're not allowed to use that word. <laughs> also, I, I love how everybody's getting an I miss my wife moment. Uh, <laughs> I know! Everybody has a wife... And they're all not here. Exactly, yeah. It's like, you're, Hawkeye's wife is even a superhero. Like, you could have brought Mockingbird, you know what I mean? But no, if we brought Mockingbird, there'd be no one for Hawkeye to miss. <laughs> Everybody gets one. No Claremont-style sadness for Hawkeye. <laughs> no, I suppose not. But, uh, so then, from there, we cut, uh, to another part of the hallway, where Iron Man, who, uh, if we recall, is Rhodey, and, um, Captain Marvel, who, uh, Monica Rambo, they're going down the hallway here, and, um, they're very impressed about, uh, Thor outside there, and, uh, Iron Man says, he's a card-carrying thunder god, right? Isn't he, like, in charge of weather? Why doesn't he stop the storm? Well, I think he likes it. He's probably encouraging it. Yeah, that's the one downside to Thor having a good time. It means the danger isn't going to stop. Yeah, more likely than not, you know. Also, what's very fun to me about this is that Iron Man is going down the hall on these little tiny roller skates, which is like... Oh my god, he is! <laughs> I didn't even notice that! Yeah, he's just he's just going down the, down on these nice little roller skates. Like, Why does Rhodey's suit have roller skates? Why doesn't he T use his rocket boosters? <laughs> Tony just put some roller skates in there for a good time, right? <laughs> you know, after a hard day of being a billionaire playboy philanthropist, I like to go back to the good old days of 1950 and just turn Stark Industries into a roller rink. <laughs> I have and Pepper roll up on skates with a burger on a platter for me. And now Rhodey is benefiting from that, so good for him, right? You know, I gotta admit, when Tony's got a good idea, Tony's got a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, from there, from their conversation, we cut to, uh, the monitoring bay that we saw, uh, at the end of last issue, where we see Reed and Captain America and the Hulk uh, looking at what's going on outside. Oh, good, and, we get um, more sassy Hulk. Yeah, and Reed says, Despite the weather, I've managed to keep tabs on Galactus, who's still keeping his mysterious vigil atop that distant peak, completely oblivious Ooh. to the storm. Also, he keeps doing that for some reason. I've never quite understood that. You know, of all the things that could be a lighthouse right now, Galactus is a good choice. And good timing, considering there are seven hurricanes outside. <laughs> and he continues, Also, I've kept the villain's headquarters in focus. There seems to be an aura around it, perhaps a manifestation of a power absorption process. They may be somehow tapping the energy of the storm. I've also been watching Magneto's hideout, but he's just drinking white wine. He's just having a grand old time. Like, I wish we were there. 
And, and Reed perks up, just, son of a bitch, he's got Zinfandel? <laughs> Why did we kick him out? So, Captain America continues, hmm, I'd love to know what they're up to. At least, though, we'll have some warning if they attack. We can see everything outside of their citadel. And Reed chimes in with, everything except what I really want to see. My son, my wife. <laughs> Here we go. Cue the violin music. Here we go again. And it's just, oh, man. <laughs> it's so, like, you said Claremont did write this, didn't you? No, he didn't. Uh, Jim Shooter wrote this. That's right, Jim Shooter. But he's he's pulling from the Claremontian style, <laughs> and it really shows. Just this ham-fisted drama that they're throwing. Like, I get that they miss people back on their home planet, but there's a time and a place, guys. These get railroads spiked into the middle of the most random scenarios. I know. Like, it's, it's they were looking at the monitors, and then he's just like, I miss my wife, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> like, I keep making this joke, but it's literally like, wow, Galactus is being a lighthouse. Like in Cape Cod. I went to Cape Cod with my wife. <laughs> I miss my wife! Um, so, you, you may be channeling the Hulk here, because he chimes in with, I wish you were home too, Richards, to spare us your maudlin whimpering. Yes! <laughs> yes, sassy Hulk! And he continues, You think I don't miss my woman? It just makes me want to crush the enemy that much more and get it over with. Before I get home and crush her, if you know what I mean. Please stop making that sound. I was gonna say, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> so, um, Steve Rogers at this point points out that they have five of their foes captured and imprisoned, and that they hold a big edge in this war here. And he continues, I figure they'll gamble on one desperate all-out attack, probably as soon as the storm breaks. But if we're ready, if each of us does his duty and pulls his weight, our advantage and strength will guarantee victory. So, yeah, we're in a good place right now. I I just can't stop picturing them going, wow, we got a view of the villain's hideout. There's no way they'll be able to launch a sneak attack on us. And the next panel is just like Dr. Doom standing over Reed's shoulder, just, hey, how's <laughs> it going? Well, if anybody could do it, right? Well, yeah, he's got a new Doom bot. <laughs> totally. So, uh, Reed proceeds to, um, excuse himself from, uh, Captain America and the Hulk's presence, and above him in the rafters, we see that, uh, Spider-Man is looking down on him, and, um, he thinks to himself, and now there goes a man who looks really depressed. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's okay, Spidey, we're all used to looking down on Reed Richards. You know, one thing that I will say is that the transitions between character to character in this thing are very clean. Like, we just move from, like, one scene to it. This one in particular, I really like. Like, Reed leaves one scene, and then we see Spider-Man looking down on him, and it leads us into another scene. They're just very clean transitions, and I like that a lot. Yes, they don't feel forced. It feels very, very organic. Exactly. It's good storytelling. So, uh, as, uh, as he's, like, you know, letting Reed move along, he, uh, starts swinging up above, and he goes, Ah, oh, well... Might as well try to make myself at home. This place was made for web swinging. All these pipes and tubes and doohickeys. Man, I wonder what they're really for. They couldn't be here just for that friendly old neighborhood Spider-Man me. C could they? Yeah, so maybe don't put the full weight of a human body on some of those. That's how you break <laughs> water pipes. I mean, he, he seems to be going okay. 
So, um, he, he continues his, uh, his web swinging until he reaches, um, a room at the end of a hallway, and, um, he goes, well, what have we here? And he looks inside where, um, the X-Men are, uh, are all hanging out, and, um... Uh-huh. So he thinks to himself... Doing what? He thinks to himself, hmm, the X-Men have staked out their own private little HQ. Rather antisocial of them. Boy, it's still weird seeing Professor Xavier not in a wheelchair. Yeah, remind me again, how can Charles walk? Uh, you remember that whole brood thing that we talked about, um, in the, uh, in the X-Men annual, um, episode? Yeah. So that thing hatched, and, um, it, uh, basically, it was starting to convert Charles Xavier into a brood, but, uh, what, what they were able to do was they were able to, uh, get him down long enough to remove his brain and put him into a, uh, it put it into a cloned body of, uh, of his own original body that was made by, uh, his space girlfriend, Lilandra. And, um, so that body did not have the, uh, par- paralysis that his previous body is. So, uh, Charles Xavier has regained his ability to walk. I'm really glad that the paralysis didn't carry over to the clone, because otherwise that would have been a real dick move. I will say that it, it has taken Charles some time to work himself up to that. Like, he had some psychosomatic trauma from having his legs paralyzed for so many years, so it has taken him a while to be able to actually walk again, but now that he's doing so, he's uh, he's up and around. So, yeah. Now there is nothing that can stop me! <laughs> So, uh, Spider-Man begins to eavesdrop on the the X-Men here, and, uh, Professor Xavier is saying, We must take matters into our own hands. We do not belong here. And Rogue replies, I'll say, I once tussled with the Avengers. They don't like me a bit, and they're powerful suspicious of what I'm doing here with y'all. I wonder why that is. Couldn't be the fact that I suck the life energy out of everything I touch. Why would they be weirded out by that? Well, it's also the fact that until a couple of months ago, like, in in terms of the continuity, Rogue was actually a villain. So, um... No shit! Yeah, she was with Mystique's Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. And, um, the re- I actually didn't know that. Yeah. So, th- there, there's a deep distrust here of Rogue, because it's very hard for them to shake. She's only been with the X-Men for a very short time at this point, so... The X-Men keep getting fucking shafted in this story, I swear. <laughs> no, Like, they- first Magneto gets kicked out for no reason, then everyone judges the rest of the X-Men for siding with him because they're mutants, and now Rogue is like, well, here's the thing, guys... Used to be a villain. Mm-hmm. And uh, Wolverine even chimes in at this point with, Rogue is an X-Man now. Anybody gives her a hard time, I'll slice him to ribbons. They also don't like me, on account of me liking to slice people into ribbons. <laughs> so, uh, Charles chimes in with, Control yourself, Wolverine. The last thing we need before we leave is an incident. And, uh... <laughs> oh no, an incident! <laughs> and Colossus, uh, responds with, must it ever be so that normal men, even those not so normal, fear and hate us because we are mutants? Colossus, not now. <laughs> like, I agree with you, buddy. We've got bigger fish to fry. I, not now. I know. So then uh, Professor Xavier continues, Enough. The discussion is ended. Prepare yourselves. We go to join Magneto. Wait. I sense an eavesdropper. Spider-Man! And... 
<laughs> hey guys. So having been sorry, I broke your roof. Having been detected, um, Spider-Man does jump through the skylight of this room and smacks Charles in the head as he comes down, and he's like, "Why would you do that?" Well, he's going. Well, I heard what you guys were saying, and I didn't like it, and I'm gonna rat on you. And so he's Petey, like, Petey, no, Pe- bad spider, bad spider. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair. What he just heard was a group that they're not entirely sure on what side they really are based on their outlaw status, saying that they're going to join a known terrorist and supervillain. So, you know, yeah, but in context, this looks bad. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> Spider-Man, you don't understand. Magneto's got Zinfandel. Oh, shit, really? <laughs> well, guess what? I guess I'm a mutant now, too. <laughs> so, uh, essentially, after after this has happened, uh, Wolverine lunges at Spider-Man to try and get him, and Colossus is also coming up behind him, but Spidey just does a flip to avoid Wolverine and smacks Colossus in the face with some web, and he's just like, um... <laughs> I uh, can't breathe! Wolverine goes, you webbed idiot, we can explain! To which Spider-Man replies, tell it to the Marines, Turkey, I heard enough! I... God damn it, I am am actually so sick and tired of the superheroes misunderstand each other and now heroes have to fight trope. Uh, I'll I'll let you in on a little secret here, that is literally how every single team up in the Marvel Universe starts. So... I know, and I'm so tired of it. It has been played <laughs> to death. Everybody is just a bungling idiot that never asks for context. And these are the people that are in charge of saving the world. I know, I know. It, it's, it's, it's a bad look for everybody involved. And again, I have to say, it, nobody's quite in the right here. Because the X-Men were, you know, not forthcoming about their plans and what they're planning to do. Like, there's a reason why they want to go and join Magneto that we're, we're, we're going to get to here. But also, Spider-Man is has such a lack of trust with this moment that it's like, uh, nobody's in the right here. None of them are. Like, I get the villains fighting because they're all power-hungry maniacs and dictators all vying for control. But these people are supposed to be the compassionate, powerful saviors of the Earth. Mm-hmm. Why do you keep suspecting each other and wanting to fight each other? Right, right. It's it's just not a good look for anybody involved. The X-Men could literally all throw up their hands right now and go, Whoa, 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 we don't want to fight, let's talk this over. There's nothing stopping them from doing that. Well, I mean, they tried, but Spider-Man is just acting on, you know, what he heard, and just, he's not even listening. Wolverine, quote-unquote, tried as he's actively throwing a punch at Peter's face. No, definitely, yeah. So, the the battle continues. Um, Storm says that she's not able to use the fullness of her powers in close quarters, and Rogue has been restrained by Spider-Man's webbing as well. Uh, but Nightcrawler starts to pull up, saying that he's as fast and agile as Spider-Man is, so that he'll be able to, uh, get him. But again, uh, a quick application of web fluid, and Nightcrawler is also out of it. Wolverine, meanwhile, is trying to, uh, leap on him from behind, and he goes, Now why is my spidey sense tingling? Is that you again, Wolvie? Dummy! Ah! <laughs> and he, he swats him back and goes, Dummy! Nobody can sneak up on me! Those pig stickers may scare the barroom bullies, but to me, you're a joke. 
Damn, Petey. <laughs> Wolverine is going to eviscerate you for that. So at this point, um, Spider-Man is very much able to make his way out. And Quick question. Yeah. Can't Nightcrawler just poof out of the webbing? I believe that's what he did, because in the next panel, he's out of the webbing and everything. And he yells out that Spider-Man is getting away, to which Wolverine replies, We're lucky that's all he was trying to do. He really clobbered us. He made us look like fools, like amateurs. Hey, wasn't I just trying to capture you guys? Why am I leaving? Well, because he said he's going to let the other heroes in on what their plans are. Like the fact that they're trying I'm to go gonna join Magneto. I'm going to tell on you. Exactly. And as he's leaving, Cyclops yells out, Spider-Man, wait, it's not what you think. I said stop, mister. And <laughs> Spider-Man replies, and let you zap me with your concussion beam, Cyclops? Sure. See ya. <laughs> yeah, I'm on Petey's side in that interaction. Spider-Man, wait, it's not what you think. Let me explain by killing you. Yeah, no, 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 thank you. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, um, how can you say it's not what you think and then immediately fire a deadly energy beam at somebody? Cyclops is Scott, not always you make the bad smartest decisions. person in the room. Um, no, and he was supposed to be the team leader at one point in time. So, basically, yeah, Spider-Man gets out, and he's swinging in desperation and finds Reed Richards, while Cyclops is catching up to him in the background. As he lands next to Reed, he yells out, Listen to me, we've got to... We've got to... To... Uh, what? I, I forget. What was it? Oh, did Charles pull some... Some crazy brain shit? Well, he swings away again and goes, Well, I guess it couldn't have been too important. And... <laughs> So, yeah. So that whole scene was for nothing! And at that point, Cyclops walks up and is like, Uh, what was that all about, Reed? I'm not sure, Cyclops. And we cut back to the X-Men, where Professor X goes, I recovered just in time. We are fortunate that Spider-Man did not wish to seriously injure me when he put me out of action. As much as I despise using my psionic abilities to forcibly reorder another's mind, there is too much at stake here to falter now. And there is no escape from my power. Okay, two things. Yeah. Number one, I understand that he is aware of it, but Charles, that is a very scary, very not cool use of your powers. <laughs> Especially when you end it with, nobody is immune to my power. Like, Little bit that's creepy not cool, there, dude. Little creepy. Incredibly creepy. Number two... I love how he is literally one of the most powerful mutants on the planet, and the dude is taken out by a shot to the head. <laughs> Just a fucking kick to the temple, and he is down for the count. Well, you gotta remember that he's been, uh, for most of the time that the X-Men have existed, in more of an advisor role rather than a direct combat role. So, like, you know, he hasn't done as much training in terms of, like, the combat area as the rest of the team has. You mean he hasn't had to go through his own death mansion? Nope, nope, he's put everybody through their own flame jets and spinny knives all on his own. He hasn't had to do it. What a dingleberry! <laughs> but so, I love the image of him just like, All right, team, thanks to my great psychic powers, there's nothing that will be able to- uh, And he's just out of combat. <laughs> oh, God! Oh, no! Oh, oh, no, a roundhouse kick! Ah, Charles is down! I've stubbed my toe! Ah! <laughs> Oh, paper cut! Oh no! Low blood sugar! 
Charles Xavier's ultimate weakness, minor inconveniences. <laughs> so uh, from that point, we we cut back to, uh, to Reed and Cyclops, and um, Reed goes, no doubt the pressure is starting to get to Spider-Man a little. It's not like him to crack. Uh, considering what we're facing here, though, to which Cyclops replies, the worst thing for me is thinking about my wife back home, not knowing what happened to me, whether Shut I'm up! dead or alive. Shut up! <laughs> I'm sorry you're sad! Shut up! <laughs> and he goes, we know so little about Spider-Man, maybe he has a similar situation. So... Well, that's all he says! <laughs> yep, that's I'm it. I'm sad about my wife. Anyway, Spider-Man... <laughs> <laughs> so at that point, um, Charles Xavier uh, beckons Cyclops to return. And so uh, as he's on his way back, um, Scott is thinking to himself, Professor X hasn't asserted himself like this for years. He's acting like he did back when he first formed the X-Men. Firm, authoritative, decisive. Now that he's no longer confined to a wheelchair, I wonder if he plans to lead us into battle. And if he does, will his lack of experience in frontline combat bring us to disaster? Probably, as previously stated, he got taken out by a roundhouse kick. <laughs> the bad guys have lasers, Cyclops. Yeah, Charles, you're you're doomed, buddy. You are doomed. You don't even have Kevlar. You are straight fucked. No, no, he's not even, like, all the other X-Men have their costumes and everything. Charles Xavier is walking around in a fucking suit jacket and a tie, so it's like... Yeah, and that shit ain't bulletproof. He's also got no head protection. Nope, he's just, he, he's fucked. I'm sorry. Dude he doesn't is. even have a bike helmet. <laughs> Maybe that's something they'll be able to find in one of the other fortresses if they start looking. <laughs> hey, Charles, I got something for you. This is a pot. Yes, it goes <laughs> on your head. <laughs> so, uh, the, uh, Cyclops pulls up again, uh, where they are next to one of the, uh, sp- uh, like transport vessels that they're going to be able to use to uh, to leave the uh, the the base. And Charles goes, "I've learned how to operate this vessel. It responds to thought commands of sufficient power. Apparently, it was constructed by a race of telepaths." Oh, this is how he's going to be a threat. He can literally mind meld with the weapons. It's kind of convenient, huh? It kind of is. It's all he's got going for him. Yeah, exactly. So he then continues. Despite the storm, we leave at once, my X-Men. Destination, Magneto's Fortress. I cannot wait for them to see the penthouse Magneto's living in and go, What the fuck? <laughs> We've been slumming it out it's here. it's pretty dope, right? We've been slumming it back with the other heroes, just struggling to find any kind of food, and you apparently had time to bake croissants? We almost got crushed by a boulder! <laughs> yes, I built mine on the top of a I built mine on the top of a mountain. Pretty smart, huh? Damned if you aren't the best kind of person, Magneto. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed, my friend. Now here's a glass of Zinfandel. Oh, thank you, thank you. Hey, is that the wasp over there? <laughs> no. Throws her back in the junk ball. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, uh, from there, we actually do cut to uh, Magneto's Fortress, where uh, we see him saying, I am not interested in an alliance. And we see that he is speaking on this gigantic view screen to Doctor Doom, who uh, replies, Very well then, Magneto, but be warned, if you do not serve me, I must consider you an enemy. Good luck, bitch tits. You are literally cloaked in metal. Also, have you seen my sweet-ass pad? I'm not going anywhere. 
Yes, and it shall belong to Doom! Okay. I will have the Zinfandel! Okay, whatever then, just hangs up. <laughs> I can crush him into a tin can with a thought. <laughs> so, uh, uh, basically, that that is essentially what happens, but before he hangs up, Doom is like, So be it. Know then that your choice is irrevocable, and you will live to regret it. Yeah, I think Magneto's gonna be fine. <laughs> yeah, he'll be okay. So, uh, Magneto crosses back into, uh, the room where he was hanging out before with all the beach chairs and everything, and Wasp asks him if, Can I just uh, say, yeah. can I just say real quick, I love that Doctor Doom is still on his dumbass plan of trying to form an alliance with everybody on this fucking planet. <laughs> after having real- you know, after last time, when Steve Rogers was more than willing to give him an alliance, if he just took his hand, but no- But heaven forbid he helps him stand up! <laughs> then it's you underestimate Doom! And he flies the fuck away. I know, I know. It's... Doom... God, Doom... Doom goes a lot of places in this thing. Yeah, he... As one of the, like, the most evil masterminds on the planet, he's doing a real sucky job here. Well, just hang on. We're going to get some more Doom in uh, in just a minute here. But uh, it, we're continuing. Like I said, Magneto comes back into the room with all the beach chairs. And he comes back to Janet. And uh, she asks him if anything's wrong. To which he replies that it was absolutely nothing. And she goes, well, I'm glad you're back. It's eerie here alone, the way the storm is shaking this place. And he replies, uh... you missed me. Now that um... is encouraging. <laughs> No, uh, no, and she don't re- do this. She replies, um, don't be too encouraged, Magnus. I mean, why not? Have we not reached the beginnings of an understanding? And he's like, he's rolling up on Janet. He's like, he's placing his hands on her shoulders. Uh, and he continues, we agree that when my eyes meet yours, that there is something electric. And what? Did she not fucking, like, hate his guts literally 20 minutes ago? That's what I'm saying here! Oh my god, right? How much of a smooth operator is Magneto? Apparently incredibly. So, at Wasp's response... Brothers got Riz! Wasp's response, I don't remember agreeing to that. And then... um, (laughs) Translation, back off, fuckboy. So we continue. um, Magneto's leaning in for for a kiss. And Janet is is basically like trying to shove him off. And he goes, The storm has granted us a brief interlude of peace here on this world of sudden death. Let us not deny our desires. Ew. (laughs) Ew. It's just... I know. This is just so gross. I do not. I'm... Why this? Who made this decision? 20 minutes ago. I... I hate this. This is one of the moments that I hate the most in this whole series. Is this... I... It's... Oh, God. I can't even process the sheer amount of ick that is radiating off of this page. I hate your guts and I can't stand mutants, but fuck, I'm horny. Yeah, so he he continues, There is so little time, Janet. And she responds with, Oh, I, I guess, I suppose it's... Oh, why not? You have the iciest blue eyes I've ever seen, Magnus. And I guess why the not? eyes have it. 
Why not? I can give you, like, 40 reasons right off the top of my head. I hate this moment. Everything about it is the worst. Oh, and then it fades to, like, the outside so you know they're actively banging. I know. Well, luckily, that is not Magneto's fortress that we're looking at because we cut to Doom Base where Dr. Doom is striding into a room where he's got a couple of women in these, like, weirdo cylinder-type deals. One of them is a taller woman uh, with a what appears to be a pink one-piece, and the other is a slim blonde woman dressed in what appears to be a pillowcase. So, like... <laughs> I'm sorry, I ran out of clothes. <laughs> So, um, he's, he's musing to himself about how, uh, Magneto's refusal to join is disappointing, but not surprising. And he says, denied why'd his- why'd you ask him? <laughs> well, he was like, you know, maybe, maybe I could uh, sway him, uh, and use his power. But he continues, denied his power. It is even more imperative that I take other steps to strengthen my forces. And so he walks over and he throws a switch saying that um, he's uh, using the alien technology, energy tapped from the storm, and two, uh, two human subjects looking for power. Where the fuck did he find these two? Uh, we don't know that yet, but we will find that out later. So I'm holding you to that along with the Ben Grimm explanation. Yes, I'm not going to tell you where they came from just yet because we will find out. Um, so he throws the switch and power is going through these cylinders and he's saying, Hear me, power must be seized. Crave it, welcome it, drink it in despite the pain or it will destroy you. Damn, I didn't know Dr. Doom was a Sith Lord. <laughs> Although, looking at the everything about him, that actually really tracks. I was going to say, like, you cannot look at this man and not think Sith Lord, right? This hood was originally black, but I fucked it up in the laundry, and now it's green. So, uh, from out of the cylinders emerge the two women... One of them is now uh, giving off plasma energy, uh, and the other, uh, the one who was dressed in the pillowcase, is now strong and taller than, uh, than she was previously. Fuck, yeah, she is. And she says, so this is what it is to be strong. I've dreamed of this all my life. Where are the new clothes I designed? I can't wait to put them on. And, um, Doctor... <laughs> yeah, um, here they are. No need to go into the other room. So Doctor Doom goes, Right here, Miss McFerrin. To which she replies, No, I'm not Skeeter McFerrin anymore. I want a new name. Something flashy like the others who serve you, Doom. Also, I just don't want to be called fucking Skeeter anymore. <laughs> so, um... Skeeter? I'm so sorry for her. So then Doom continues... First, Miss Rosenberg, you can convert back to human form at will. It was no easy task to provide for your mutation to be reversible, but otherwise you could not eat or sleep, and your useful life to me would have been short indeed. In this form, your body is composed mostly of ionized plasma, like the core of a star. You can radiate thermal energy from your skin at will. And, uh, she... Oh, thank God, I thought the AC was broken. It's fucking hot right now. 
So she demonstrates by basically firing off a burst of plasma from herself and melting some nearby uh, metal objects. And she goes, hey, I want a trade name too, Doctor, just like Skeeter does. I want to be called Volcana. I can do that, but why did you hit those? I needed those! God damn it! That was on our entire food supply! <laughs> what are we supposed to do? Magneto's got croissants! <laughs> so, at that point, um, Skeeter has changed into her outfit, and she goes, Titania, like a titan. That's what I want to be called. Damn! Okay, I recognize both of these names. Yes, you do. Uh... Titania, you may remember, or Titania, or however you want to pronounce it, uh, you may remember her from She-Hulk, the, uh, the TV series. I do, and I prefer the pronunciation with the tit in it. Titan- Alright, we'll go with that then. We'll go with Titania. <laughs> Damn right we will. <laughs> so, um, essentially, uh, she says, I'll clear away that slag for you, Doom. And he replies, be careful, it is still red hot. And I'll she... clear away that slag for you, Doom. Her name is Volcania. Thank you very much. <laughs> Man, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that opportunity and I took it. So basically, she picks up the entirety of like the flaming uh, molten thing and tosses it out of the window, uh, showing to which off Doom responds, "God damn it! We don't have replacement windows." There's six hurricanes going on outside. I need you to stop ruining Doom Base. Like you have su- you've had superpowers for literally two minutes, and already you've ruined this entire endeavor. Doctor Doom continuing his track record of being an idiot. <laughs> it's so dumb. Oh, it's so dumb. It's brilliant. No. It's just dumb. So um, he he leads them out into the uh, into the other room here, where um, he introduces them to the remainder of the villains who are here at the base, and um, Wrecker looks at these people and is just like, "Where did they come from? I thought we were the only ones on this planet, except for Captain America's jerk squad." Fucking same, Wrecker. <laughs> I love that they walk in and everyone's response isn't, whoa, check those out. check those ladies out. They got cool powers. Wrecker just looks at them and goes, who the fuck are you? <laughs> I mean, he's focusing on the important things here, which are, where the fuck did you come from? So Doesn't look like Absorbing Man is focusing on those things because he's laying like a fuckboy. Yeah, no. So as Doom is giving orders for uh, Dr. Octopus and Ultron to uh, prepare to strike as soon as the storm breaks at the, uh, at the heroes, Titan- uh, Titania walks over to uh, the Absorbing Man and goes, you, Absorbing Man, you look like the toughest man here. Get up! Baby, I'm already up. He, he's just like, what you got in mind? <laughs> and, she, and the porn music cues now. Well, she goes, I'm going to do anything I want to you. Everything I always wanted to do to everybody who used to be bigger and stronger than me. Maybe I'll just play with you. Or maybe I'll make you eat dirt. Or maybe... So, yeah. You'll put a collar on me and make me call you mommy. <laughs> Wait, what? Nothing. So the absorbing man replies, Woman, if you got something to prove, prove it tomorrow against the guys we're fighting. And she goes, I mean, I kind of agree with that. Why do you want to beat up your teammates? Yeah, exactly. And then she goes, You're, you're backing down? Nope. I just ain't getting up. I got nothing to prove. 
to a dame. Oh, they found Absorbing Man's body scattered across all of Battleworld the next morning. Uh, well, it gets even worse because the wrecker goes, Hey, Missy, if you want a lip wrestle, I'm game. <laughs> yeah, I knew it was coming. Here comes the villain rapey vibes. So Titania is none too pleased about this and just goes, I'll show you tomorrow. Tomorrow we're fighting the heroes. You might want to show them. So, meanwhile, uh, Volcana has found her way over next to the, uh, next to the Molecule Man, who goes, Boy, I hate that. I hate all this crashing around. I just can't stand violence. And... (laughs) Molecule Man continuing to be the biggest wussbag on this planet. (laughs) Well, Volcana goes, Really? You? The infamous Molecule Man? I've always wanted to meet you. You're different than I expected. Yeah, I know. Shorter, right? (laughs) Oh, no. She just goes, no, more sensitive, I guess. And at this point, she uh, she shifts back into her human form, and Molecule Man responds, so you think I'm sensitive, huh? Uh, My therapist says that, too. I've been seeing a therapist ever since the Avengers talked me out of destroying the Earth. Oh, no. Are they actually bonding? Uh, yeah, Volcana and, uh, the Molecule Man are legitimately bonding. <laughs> and it's kind of nice, actually. It's weirdly adorable? Yeah. So, she points out the storm outside, and Molecule Man goes, Yeah, I could disperse the storm, but my therapist says I should let things take their natural course, so I won't. Unless Doom asks me to. Now he's impressive. He always knows what to do. Does he? (laughs) He really doesn't seem like he does. So All evidence points to the fact that he does not know what he's doing. Volcana agrees, though, with the fact that it seems like Doom has a lot of charisma. And Molecule Man replies, I don't think my therapist would approve of him or this war. I can't help believing in Doom, though, and if he wants to win this war, I'm going to help him. Even if it means ripping this whole planet apart. Oh, I liked you when you were sensitive. <laughs> we we preferred you that way. We really did. He was kind of this weird voice of reason amidst all this chaos. But no, not, not so much anymore. So, from here, uh, we cut back to the hero's base, where Thor is uh, striding down the hallway past the uh, stasis units that are containing uh, Piledriver, Bulldozer, Thunderball, and Kang the Conqueror. And um, he makes his way over to the uh, healing pod that is containing the Enchantress. And he opens it up and releases the Enchantress. Oh, why would you do that? So, she's all worried about uh, the fact that she was beat up by She-Hulk and whether or not that has marred her beauty at all. And he replies that uh, Reed Richards uh, helped to heal her injuries. And the Enchantress then asks, Why have you come hither? Did your mortal friends forsake you? Nay, but they are mortal. There are things of which only gods may speak and which only gods can understand. You and I are the only two immortals of Asgard on this world. We must talk. About what? What could you possibly have to say to her? (laughs) Well, she goes, Very well, but elsewhere. I will endure this dungeon no longer. And she creates a portal uh, to elsewhere. And Thor goes, Aye, but here or elsewhere, you are still my prisoner. (laughs) To which... (laughs) I don't think that's true. I I smell a trap. 
Yeah, I don't know that this was exactly the smartest move on Thor's part, but... Uh, don't fucking say! This is really, really dumb, yeah, this even does, for Thor. This does not seem like a good idea here, Thor, but, you know, um... But just remember, you're my prisoner, no takesies backsies! Oh, certainly, Thor, of course! Definitely, I do not have my fingers crossed behind my back! <laughs> no take backsies! What? No! What? No, you can't betray me! You are a fool, Thor! I touched home base first! Oh my god! <laughs> so yeah, as, as Thor and the Enchantress make their way out, um... We cut to um, the sometime later, essentially the next morning, where the Hulk is sitting and he's saying to himself, I don't understand. I rack my brains and all I get is a headache. The ideas, the answers, they always used to come so easily. What's wrong with me? And then he looks in the mirror and goes, Oh, right, Hulk. <laughs> so, um, but at that point, as he's kind of musing on his loss of concentration here, uh, Captain America bolts awake and goes, What? It's dawn and the storm is broken. Hulk, why didn't you wake me? Now is when they're most likely to attack. Oh, my God, we slept in. <laughs> and he yells out, Sound the alarm. Get everyone to battle stations. Hurry, man. And Hulk is uh, hopping away and yelling out, All right, I, I, I just didn't notice. And he's thinking to himself, Don't raise your voice to me, you star-spangled tin tyrant. I'll rip you in half. Good guy. He's a good guy. <laughs> please don't do that. Fight bad guys, please. So it, it's interesting the mix here that we've been getting of like Bruce Banner's uh, sensibilities with the Hulk's anger. So like Yeah, it kind of feels like the Hulk is starting to take more control than Bruce. It does kind of seem like it, doesn't it? Yeah, and that feels like it's going to be a plot point. Yeah, might be, who knows. There's a lot of things going on in this thing, so So anyway, uh at, at this point, uh the villains are in fact pulling up in one of their uh vehicles. And, um, there is nobody waiting for them to attack. So Doom says, Bah! I thought better of Captain America and Reed Richards than that. They are fools indeed. Prepare to ram! This place doesn't have valet parking? What a shithole! Have you seen Magneto's place? I mean, he has an oven. He made croissants. <laughs> to be fair, Doom, your place is two hot superhero chicks, so... Silence! Still think yours is good. Doom appreciates the compliment. Now ram their base! <laughs> so, yeah, essentially they do, and the villains stream out uh, on the attack. Um, and the fantastic... To which the, heroes, to which the heroes respond, Did you just wreck your car? How are you going to get back? And Doom goes... Oh, shit! <laughs> um, so, the Fantastic Four see that they are under attack, and Ben yells that he's no good like this, but at that point, um, Titania slams the wall through and knocks out um, Reed and Ben, leaving Johnny with a broken arm and some broken ribs trying to hold her back. So... Uh oh, darn. What a surprise. The Fantastic Four were useless. Yeah, well, to be fair, in this case, this was a sneak attack. They were kind of caught unawares here. I mean, Reed can also stretch like crazy. Shouldn't a shot from a wall be like small potatoes to him? 
You'd think so, but it was apparently enough to knock him on his ass. So, yeah. I mean, Ben, Go I get... Go to Tanya. I mean, Ben, I get his excuse right now because he's not the thing, but, you know... Well, yeah. But Reed really should have been better at that. Um, so what happens is... Meanwhile, Sue's still back on Earth stealing sodas. <laughs> uh, so Titania makes her way into the room, but Johnny has already melted his way through the floor and absconded with, uh, with Reed and Ben. Uh, but meanwhile, we cut to She-Hulk, who appears to be moving another piece of equipment, and goes, Wonder what that noise was? And then behind her, Volcana rolls up and basically zaps her into unconsciousness herself, and then brings the entire roof down on top of her. So she... So she holds pretty much out of commission. Yeah, goddamn right she is. She just had a building collapse on her. I mean, again, sneak attack, so it's like, you know, nobody's doing great right now. You ever get the funny feeling you're being washed? Ah! <laughs> um, and at that point, uh, Captain Marvel appears to be uh, getting out of the uh, out of the bath and um, putting on her costume, and she goes, "Well, I thought the storm was over, but I keep hearing thunder. Unless it's the Hulk belching, I'd better go see." And at that point, Doc Ock runs up behind her and slams her in the head with his tentacles. So, uh, yeah. She... I appreciate Doc Ock waiting until she was dressed. Yeah, that was nice of him. I, I do appreciate that. That mo- He was just standing there like, oh, oh no, I- we'll, we'll give it a minute. <laughs> <laughs> that was very considerate of him. He is a gentleman. Indeed. Um, so he goes, blast. Somehow she rolled with it at the last instant. But another sledgehammer blow will crush her skull. But he's interrupted from attempting to kill Captain Marvel by Hawkeye who uh, starts shooting arrows at him. He pulls a chunk out of the uh, ground to shield himself and begins to retreat. I would also like to point out that Hawkeye yells out, get away from her turkey, which I don't understand because if he had just shut his mouth, he could have blasted Doc Ock without him ever knowing he was there. I know, like, not the smartest tactical move on Hawkeye's part, but, you know. No! He's supposed to be a ranged sniper! <laughs> ranged snipers don't yell before they shoot! No, not not your smartest move here, Clint. But hey, it did distract him from killing Captain Marvel, so I'll give him the points here. You know what else would have distracted him? An exploding bolt to the back. True enough, but there's also the fact that if he had done that, there's no guarantee that Captain Marvel would have come out unscathed from it. Like, if he had collapsed and, like, her ten- one of Doc Ock's tentacles could have, like, fallen on her body and crushed her or something like that, you know? Ah, uh, fine. Yeah, that's a good defense. Okay. I'll give you that. There we go. So, uh, from Doc Ock escaping, we cut to another part of the base where, uh, Spider-Man is running up to Iron Man saying that they've got trouble, and Rhodey replies, I'm coming, man, as soon as I get my armor on. And... I mean, I gotta, I gotta turn off these roller skates first. (laughs) But, so, then the wall explodes next to them as well, and Ultron has knocked out Spider-Man, but luckily Iron Man, uh, manages to, to roll with that. And... Remember me, motherfuckers. So, uh, Rhodey thinks to himself that he'll wait till Ultron leaves and then he'll pull out Spider-Man. Wait till he leaves? Why would he, why would he just leave? Well, because, uh, probably because he thinks he's killed Spider-Man and Iron Man. Iron Man is keeping himself concealed at this point, so, you know, Ultron would have no reason to stick around. Couldn't Ultron just, like, sense their, their body heat or their, or, like, the vibrations of their hearts or something like that? I guess it depends on what kind of upgrades Doom has put into this particular body of Ultrons. 
Probably not that many, because as previously stated, Doom is being a dumbass in this story. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm inclined to think that this might not be the most advanced Ultron model there could possibly be. Especially since, it, being that he's programmed to serve Doom, I'm not sure how capable he is of too much independent thought. You know what I mean? I ran out of pieces putting him back together. There's not a lot here, so his right arm is just a rake. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Man just steps on it on the way out. I was gonna say, Ultron's ultimate victim, Sideshow Bob. Bricks, my old arch enemy. <laughs> so, uh, from that point, we cut over to the Hulk, who is uh, leaping at the Molecule Man and Doctor Doom, and the Molecule Man is pulling rocks out of the Earth and tossing them at the Hulk to, uh, to throw him back. And My therapist said I should kick your ass! Yep! And, um, Captain America is yelling for them to fall back and find the others and retreat to a defensible position. So, the Hulk and Captain America begin to retreat. Meanwhile, um, the, the Wrecker, uh, returns with the rest of the prisoners that were taken by the heroes. And, um, <laughs> Molecule Man looks at him and goes, You should have seen, Wrecker! I drove the Hulk away! Good job! Here's a cookie! <laughs> so, Wrecker says that he couldn't find the Enchantress. But that, uh, and everybody returns, and Molecule Man goes, Look, here comes the others back, and we have no casualties! Wee! <laughs> he actually says we! He does! He does indeed! And Doom replies, We also have fewer kills than I'd hoped, but no matter, we have accomplished much here today. And to finish it, we shall level this place so that no stone remains on stone! Also, we? Really? That's your victorious cry? God damn it, Molecule Man. I know you're the most powerful of us, but wow. Wow, you make it really hard sometimes. You are most definitely still a cuck. <laughs> so that is the end of issue three here. Uh, which, uh... <laughs> Where are we at? Where are we? How are we feeling? Where are we at in terms I... of that? I gotta say, that was a pretty good sneak attack from the villains, although how the heroes did not see it coming, I'll never know. The only reason this attack worked was because their alarm didn't go off. <laughs> Essentially, yeah, I mean, I think the Hulk was supposed to be keeping watch, and he was distracted by the fact that he was unable to concentrate, which is what really got Captain America's craw, so, you know. I was too busy thinking about my wife! <laughs> You two, god damn it! We have villains, you guys! <laughs> so Villains here now! So without further ado, what say we hop into issue four here? Fuck yeah, let's do it. Alright, so here we are with issue four, and this one, this is my favorite cover of the entire series. Yo, so, that's pretty cool. So Phil, go ahead and tell us what's happening on this cover. It appears to be uh, the defeated heroes all laying on the ground, about to be crushed by a giant slab of rock. And they would be crushed if it wasn't for the Hulk holding up the entire thing on his back. This is literally like the size of a mountain, and the Hulk is holding it up, saving everyone's lives. Along with the caption... Beneath 150 billion tons stands the Hulk, 
and he's not happy. I know. Like, the, what what I love most about this cover is the sheer scale of this thing that is, like, weighing down the Hulk. Like, most of this cover is just this gray rock just hanging above him, and then the Hulk just, like, struggling to hold all this up. It, it really is, like, uh, suggestive of the peril that is in this situation. I love this cover so much. Also... This is what it means to be a superhero. This is what I want to see more of. Instead of uh, Spider-Man punching the X-Men? Yes, instead of Spider-Man roundhouse kicking Charles Xavier. (laughs) I would much rather see these heroes be heroes. Which the Hulk is doing a grand old job of it, uh, saving not only his life, but the lives of pretty much everybody around here, which is great. So, uh, yeah. So again, this is a scene that's going to be reflected in the book itself. And I have to say, I think it's reflected much better here on this cover than it is in the actual story. Oh, great. No, no, no. Like, I'm not saying it's a bad scene in the story. I'm just saying that I like it here a bit more because it really suggests the scale of it all, which I really appreciate. You know what I mean? I do. I I really do like the image of almost the whole cover being taken up by gray rock with just, like, the bottom fourth being the Hulk holding it all up. Absolutely. it's It's a wonderful cover, and like I say, it's probably my favorite of the whole series. So, it it's very well done. So let's uh, let's go ahead and hop in here, where uh, we open to the hero's base exploding. <laughs> so, yeah. La- end of last issue. Doctor Doom going, now let's work on leveling this thing to the ground. First page of the next issue, base is leveled to the ground. Well, that was easy. <laughs> so... <laughs> you see what happens when we all work together? It's good, isn't it? So good. So it's almost like we can win this thing. So yeah, um the the hero's base is uh is blowing up and we see the title at the top here which is Situation Hopeless. Damn, that's heavy. It really is. So yeah, the uh the hero's base uh does completely blow up and at this point uh the villains make their way back into the wreckage. And they're searching for um, any uh, any survivors uh, that may have. Uh, and Doctor Octopus points out that they uh, they can't find anything, so they may have escaped. And Doom replies, "With the destruction of their fortress complete, their moments are numbered, Doctor Octopus. We shall hunt them down like dogs." Good villain plan. Good idea. Don't let your enemies get the chance to slip away. Exactly. Also, Dr. Doom should totally look back at Ultron and go, I really should have installed some detecting some detecting programs in you. That would have Why been are we doing really this nice. by hand? <laughs> exactly. Uh, and as this search is going on, uh, Volcana approaches the Molecule Man and goes, Molecule Man, it was unbelievable how you obliterated the entire structure with just a wave of your hand. And he replies, Oh, it's easy when you control all molecules. And you can call me Owen if you want, Volcana. These two are gonna fuck. Really? What would give you that idea? These two are going to fuck hard. I can already sense it. (laughs) You're just kind of getting that vibe, huh? Yeah, I'm not the only one getting a vibe, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Totally. So, uh, from there, uh, we cut to Dr. Octopus, who is standing atop a piece of rubble, and he's using a pair of alien binoculars, 
and he points out that uh, they're moving about five miles and they've regrouped, but he says that they look to be in bad shape and easy to finish off. He says, they're out of range of hand weapons, but perhaps we can salvage a heavy cannon. To which Titania replies, bah, Titania needs no weapons. And she picks up a part of the base and oh! tosses it in their direction. Oh, okay, we're just doing this. And the wrecker goes, All right, wrecking crew, if she can do it, so can we. Bomb them no, with we can't. Uh, smaller chunks of debris. <laughs> <laughs> no, buddy. Your masculinity's gonna get real hurt right now. <laughs> so the Absorbing Man and Dr. Octopus propose chasing after them just in case Titania misses, to which the Molecule Man replies, Well, that really won't be necessary. I can take care of them for sure. And, um, so what he does is he goes, You see those mountains in the distance? And he rips them out of the earth and goes, Jesus Christ! I'll just drop those on them. And, Volca and Volcana's panties exploded off of her body. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Based on her face on the last page when uh, Molecule Man was suggesting his plan. When this is all said and done, I am going to rock this man's world. <laughs> so as the mountain is um, heading their way, we cut to the heroes where uh, Captain America is doing a roll call. Um, the only conscious heroes at this time are... The Hawkeye, Hulk, Captain America, the Human Torch, and Iron Man. Everybody else is in various states of unconsciousness and um, being carried away from the base. So, um... Honestly, aside from the Human Torch, this is kind of the crew I want to have conscious right now. Oh, there you go. Um, and Hawkeye's like, all accounted for then, except for Thor... And the X-Men, who apparently vanished before the battle. Well, yeah, where the fuck did the X-Men go again? Well, remember they said they were going to Magneto's base. Oh, that's right. They fucking left, didn't they? Yeah, they took we off. didn't see them leave. They just <laughs> kind of pissed off. Yeah, they took off. Um, and the Hulk goes, Deserted, you mean? So, yeah, Hulk's not too happy with this situation either. Yeah, I, I get it, but leave him alone. So, at that point, um, as Captain America is saying that they need to keep moving just in case the villains decide to pursue them, uh, Spider-Man regains consciousness, and, uh, you know, Hulk tells him to take it easy, because, you know, he was hit pretty hard, and Spider-Man goes, But Hulk, I, I sense danger! My spider sense warning me of danger above! And um, they look up, and they see the giant chunk that Titania threw ra raining in their direction. And, um... Oh, shit! Well, the Hulk goes, I can't put all these people down in time to knock that thing away! And Hawkeye uh, throws out an explosive arrow and uh, basically uh, cuts the thing in half, enabling Iron Man to use his repulsor beams to knock it the rest of the way out of the way. Hey! Nice teamwork, everybody! Oh, very much so, absolutely. You see what happens when you stop punching each other? Mm-hmm. And, um, so yeah, they, they basically are completely deflected. And Hulk At which point, at which point Spidey looks up again and goes, Guys, you're not gonna believe this. <laughs> um, so basically what happens is Captain America, as he's saying to keep moving, looks up, and... This, again, the scale here, like on this page, you see the mountain range and you see the heroes as like little dots underneath it. And then the mountainside drops. 
This thing, these guys literally got hit by the Ozarks. They did. The entirety of the Ozarks. I know, I know. And back with the villains, they're all rejoicing and praising the Molecule Man for his, uh, you know, decisive victory here. To which he's just standing there going, oh, it was nothing, really. And then just, oh my god. I love how he dropped the fucking Adirondacks on top of the heroes. And he's going, ah, shuck guys, shucks guys, all in a day's work. Oh, totally. And Dr. Octopus is going, that must have killed them. To which Doom replies, perhaps. But if you recall, Doc Ock, they're the heroes. (laughs) You have to remember that they're pretty damn resourceful. So... Like, what shot do they feel like they have if dropping a mountain range on these guys doesn't kill them? I know. They should surrender immediately. I know, I know. Like, at this point, well, I mean, it's it's decent that they're fairly certain here because you drop a mountain on anything, usually that kills it, so... I know, it should. It absolutely should kill them, but we know that it didn't. Like, as readers, we know they're alive. When they show up still alive, how does this whole villain crew not go, God damn it, we fucking surrender. <laughs> like, there's nothing else we can do. There's no, we cannot hit harder than that. No, I mean, really. So, uh, from the villain's uh, triumph, we cut over to um, half a world away, where Thor and the Enchantress are hanging out in what appears to be a pink field of flowers and shit, where I get... <laughs> I don't know what how the they found this YouTube place. What have been doing? Apparently just hanging out. Because um, Thor, Thor is like, The Beyonder, who in his infinite power brought us here, has offered to each of the victors any prize he may ask. What would you ask, Enchantress? You who are so beautiful, powerful, and immortal. Verily a goddess. Are we really just flirting in the middle of a mountain range getting dropped on your friends? Ah, pretty much. They're just kind of hanging around. And so... Aren't they, like, sworn nemeses? Yeah, but, um, Enchantress replies to Thor's question with, I would ask for your love, Thor, because for millennia I have desired you, as well you know, for I stop at nothing to satisfy my selfish desires. And I've often sought to take your love by deceit or force. I feel like you're trying to take it through deceit right now. I am still very wary of a trap. (laughs) Yep. And she continues, We immortals are wont to occupy our endless days with foolish and impossible quests, either to keep from going mad, or because we are. Could you ever love me, Thor? I... I know not. Am I not beautiful? Well, you see, Enchantress, I would absolutely love you if I didn't miss my wife so much! You're not married, Thor! (laughs) (laughs) Ah, you know what? I have a headache anyway. No, um, he, he does continue. Without, surely. But true beauty is a thing of the spirit. Why is that not your quest, fair one? To overcome petty greed and lust, and unfetter the beauty of your godly spirit. Kiss me, Thor. Give me a glimmer of hope, and I will try. I love how Thor's response to this is, Why do you have to be such a thought? <laughs> so, um, at this point, they're, they're interrupted by a sudden earthquake that, um, you know, 
when you drop a mountain range down, that tends to influence the tectonic forces. So yeah, that's gonna cause some rumbling, just a little bit. So um, he he wonders what it is, and um, uh, Enchantress continues that it could only been a shockwave from some cataclysmic blow. So Thor says, "Then I must return to my friends, and I with thee, noble Thor." So yeah, the the enchantress um, teleports them back to the spot of their uh, of their fortress, where you know they find an entire crowd of villains. So I was gonna say they pop up in the middle of this crowd of bad guys, and enchantress just has to go, got him. <laughs> Essentially, um, so he goes, uh, "What's this? Our fortress laid waste." Doom! Where are my comrades? What have you done with them? I want answers. Speak quickly. I am so glad you asked because this is really funny to me. I mean, that's... You might want to sit down for this one, Thor. That's pretty much what happens because Doom goes, Why, they are dead. We have slain them all by dropping a mountain range on top of them. Simple. Effective. No. Now listen well. You are hopelessly outnumbered. Submit... And I guarantee you a merciful death. (laughs) To which Thor responds, They got a mountain range dropped on on them and they died? What a bunch of pussies! (laughs) Couldn't be me! (laughs) (laughs) If that's all it took to kill them, they were unworthy of Thor. (laughs) So, um, Thor responds, are you mad, Doom? Do you truly believe that any odds might deter Thor from striving till the last breath? Of course not. However, common courtesy demands that I make the offer. It is 13 to 1 against you. Wait, 13 to 1? Does that mean I'm sorry, Thor? <laughs> Enchantress, you thought! So, you you joke, but that is basically what just happened. <laughs> Is God Thor, damn it, Enchantress! Thor, Thor looks down at the Enchantress, and Enchantress walks back over with the rest of the villains, and Absorbing Man starts the battle, and basically the Wrecking Crew and Dr. Octopus start in on Thor. And so, uh, yeah, uh, Thor throws away his hammer to try and take down Ultron, which leaves Titania an opening to uh, start punching at him. Thor basically swats her away, throwing her off into the distance. <laughs> with... <laughs> That is the ultimate begone thought moment. Well, she says, Titania, the woman who killed Thor with her bare hands. That's what they'll call me. Mayhap, woman. When icicles ornament Serta's fiery realm. Oh, shit! <laughs> Sick burn, Thor! Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, they're, they're, uh, they're pulling Thor down, and the Absorbing Man is taking the properties of the, uh, of the base's uh, debris, and he's attempting to bash Thor with his uh, wrecking ball, and that's the point at which Mjolnir returns to his hand, and he throws them all away with Mjolnir. Basically, Thor is really holding his own here, which is amazing. <laughs> This is so fucking cool. Thor is literally one-manning this entire villain army. He absolutely is. And I I would like to point out that, like, a whole bunch of them are empowered by Asgardian magics, and he's still standing up to them. So it's like, wow, Thor. He is the god of thunder. It's very impressive. It, It is a very good sequence. 
Um, How's it gonna be ruined? So Thor begins to call down lightning from the sky, which is uh, keeping everybody at bay. And Doom is standing there uh, with his force field surrounding him and saying, When I rebuilt Ultron, I applied a new weapon to his invulnerable robot body, Thor. An energy beam which cancels the forces bonding subatomic particles together. A disintegrator, if you will. And that was a really long-winded way of saying, I have a disintegration ray. Well, that's doom for you, so... <laughs> I love him just getting zapped with lightning behind a force field and going... Essentially going, this reminds me of a joke. <laughs> yeah, so Ultron fires his disintegrator ray at this uh, piece of debris, and then manages to fire it at Thor. And so Thor is gone. I'm sorry? Yeah, uh, you don't see Thor anymore, do you? I see his helmet. Yes, um, so Doom is gloating from the side. I believe the test can be called a success. And- What stupid bullshit is this? Like, I know Thor's not dead. So Dr. Octopus runs up and goes, So it would appear. Nothing left but his helmet and scraps of his cape. That means we've won. And Doom replies- the X-Men are not yet accounted for, Dr. Octopus, nor is Magneto, and Galactus remains a possible problem. We shall return to Doom Base and plan our next strike. But first, there is... <laughs> that was him just now. <laughs> <laughs> we know where he is. We'll deal with him later. <laughs> but first, there is yet one other matter to attend here and now. One of you tried to kill me. Oh, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, man. And he goes, indeed, he almost succeeded. And for that transgression, he must pay. And Kang is like, Doom, wait. The circumstances were Ultron, slay Kang. And <laughs> I'm sorry, I forgot you were my ancestor. <laughs> so, yeah, um, Ultron fires his disintegrator ray at Kang and... Uh, yeah, Kang's dead. So, bye, Kang. Get fucked. <laughs> like, I'm guessing he is dead, which makes me wonder how Thor's alive. So we're going to have to wait and see what the Disintegrator Ray actually is. So um, he goes, I trust that the lesson is not lost upon the rest of you. Now to Doombase. And as the I villains... I love the horrified look on Molecule Man's face, too. Like, well, he just Jesus watched a man Christ. get... He would just watch two people get fucking murdered right in front of him. So, you know. Have I mentioned you look really good in that green cloak, Mr. Doom? <laughs> so, uh, Can I get you anything? A hot towel? Maybe some peanuts? So as the villains are making their way uh, back to their own base, uh, from behind a rock formation, we see... Um, a very familiar uh, wristband suggesting that Thor is, in fact, still alive. Hey, you can't take down the God of Thunder that easy, fucker. Nope, and it didn't take that long for us to, you know, learn that he's okay, right? It really does smack of Thor is dead, and you will never, ever, ever see him again. He's over there. <laughs> Essentially, yeah, that's that's what just happened. So, from there, uh, we cut to, um, the X-Men, who are, uh, flying in that ship that they took from the Heroes base, and, uh, Professor X says, I believe that I neglected to compliment you, Storm, on the superb job you did helping me navigate through the Tempest. 
Well, I have to do something in this com in this comic, Professor. <laughs> so, um, as as they're making their way still towards Magneto's base, uh, we we <laughs> we focus our attention on Colossus, who's sitting in his seat and thinking to himself, Kitty, I miss you so. I feel God you are in it, awful danger care. now. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> so yeah, um, we we go through an entire sequence of Colossus musing about how much he misses Kitty. Motherfucker! So, why are we still doing this? A mountain range got dropped on people. Well, they don't know about that. To be fair, come on, man. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get back to them, but in the- go jerk off, and then we'll come back to the action. <laughs> So, uh, also, we, from, from Colossus, we shift over to Rogue, who goes, Not too long ago, I probably would have been fighting on Doom's side. Now I'm with the X-Men, but if push comes to shove, if we're losing, will I stay with the X-Men? I wonder. I don't want to die. Um, I would say that's concerning. I kind of get it. Yeah. But... You know what? I'm going to give Rogue a pass on this one because at least she's not lamenting about missing Gambit or some shit. Well, partially because Gambit hasn't been created yet, but also, um... (laughs) If that's what it takes to avoid more God, I miss my significant other so much, I'll take it. Exactly. So from there, we, uh, we then shift our attention over to Wolverine Nightcrawler. And Nightcrawler says, Why do you keep popping your claws, Wolverine? Surely you aren't looking forward to the inevitable battle. To which Logan replies... Nightcrawler, I go through life holding back, keeping the animal inside in check, just barely. But this is war, maybe the last war for all the marbles in the universe. So this time, I ain't taking prisoners, no matter what Charlie thinks. It's like I'm living in a world of cardboard. One one step out of line and somebody gets hurt. But you can take it, can't you, blue guy? Whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, let's... <laughs> You don't understand. It's a Marvel comic. We have to fight each other first. No, no, we don't. (laughs) (laughs) Please stop. I'm tired of this plot point, too. (laughs) So uh, at that point, um, the X-Men are pulling up to Magneto's base where uh, we see Magneto inside who appears to be focusing his power into this uh, great central point. And on the next page, we see that he has fashioned a comb out of metal and he says there you are janet i trust this will suffice this will fix your sex hair (laughs) and wasp replies why thank you goodness you really discover the things you take for granted when bergdorf goodman's is a billion zillion miles away they're just fucking they're just living life like it's like a fucking sitcom over at <laughs> Eric Lencher's place. He's just having a good time. Like, seriously, if if the X-Men weren't showing up right now, Eric would just keep going, right? Like, I hear canned laughter. It's a goddamn sitcom. Well, especially with the Wasp's next line, she goes, And I wish this place had plumbing. What sort of beings would build a place with no powder rooms? <laughs> Remember, Eric, we're going to the opera tonight. Oh no, but tonight's the big bowling league tournament. What am I gonna do? <laughs> so, um, he continues, Well, they must have been vaguely humanoid, judging from the furnishings, and these delicious alien fruit nectars, which apparently they consumed. 
Would you like this some? Dude's, this dude's just making a cocktail. <laughs> okay, look, if I could get an entire issue of Magneto and the Wasp just hanging out in Magneto's place, just like dicking around, I would read it wholeheartedly. <laughs> I really would. The X-Men are going to show up and he's just going to be like, why do any of you want to go home? This place is awesome. <laughs> well, at that point, the X-Men do in fact show up and Charles goes, good morning, Magnus. I have come to discuss joining forces. No, no, no. Get out. All of you. <laughs> I was Get having right a nice now. time. <laughs> you are not going to ruin this for me. <laughs> so he goes, I believe it may be mutually advantageous to forget our various differences and work together. No! It just slams the door on him. Now then, where were we, Janet? And he puts on like a... <laughs> he puts on like a... Things are finally working out for me, Charles. Do not mess this up. He puts on some Barry White on the alien record player and just... <laughs> Magneto is just the Squidward of this planet. Like, he gets settled in. Everything's going great. He's living a classy life. And then the SpongeBob of the X-Men crew show up to ruin everything. <laughs> Don't they know I'm busy spoiling myself? <laughs> so, um, uh, Charles continues his pitch saying that, uh, as a force independent of that under Captain America's command, there is much good we might do. And Magneto replies, How interesting. Janet, perhaps you know her better as the Wasp, leader of the Avengers. Janet and I have been discussing precisely that. Also, we totally boned! Oh, that would explain the smell in this place. Good God, man. Where did you- And why she's fixing her sex hair. <laughs> so, um, he, uh, Magneto continues, um, we must take an aggressive role. Unlike Captain America and his allies, we must not fight a defensive battle. We must slay Doctor Doom and his lackeys. And if Captain America's company does not see the wisdom of our course, if they do not join with us, or worse, if they oppose us, we must slay them as well. Magneto, you do remember who you're talking to, right? You haven't been on this planet for that long. Don't you see? Should Doom triumph, he would have the Beyonder fulfill his selfish desires. But we, by the Beyonder's grace, would create a golden age on Earth and throughout the universe. An age in which men and mutants live together in peace. So, you guys come around on the whole murder thing yet? <laughs> so he continues, We must fight to the death and win. Janet agrees with me, don't you, my dear? And at that point... Excuse the fuck out of you! And at that point, Janet replies, You know, Mag, you're a pompous, overbearing jerk. Cute, though. <laughs> You've got a 12-inch dick, but it's just not enough, buddy. Did you really think I'd ever consider going along with your sick plans? I've just been playing along to find out what you're up to. And now that I know that you really, really are the most evil scum since Hitler, I'm gonna stop you! Ow! <laughs> uh, also... Jan, he's a Holocaust survivor. Get fucked. Yeah, that's not the that's not the win you think it is, Janet. Well, yeah. Oh. So it's completely understandable that now Magneto is incredibly mad about this, 
And despite Janet shrinking down and, um, you know, evading Magneto's magnetic pulses and everything, she, uh, she, ma she manages to zap him and, uh, she goes, You're a great kisser, Magneto, but like a lot of men, you presume that once you romance a woman, her mind turns to mush and then you own her. Wrong! I mean, she's not wrong. That is absolutely true. But fuck you for that Hitler line. I know. It, it is kind of the worst. And so she zaps Magneto down, and um, the X-Men are now trying to uh, get the Wasp to stand down, with Wolverine saying, We may need Magneto, lady. And so, like, um... Time for us all to fight each other again, motherfucker. So she continues, If you're on his side, then you're not very nice, and I'm not letting you near me. So, yeah. This is just what I expected from you, dirty, rotten, smelly mutants. Oh, god damn it! <laughs> Janet makes bad decisions in this story. I mean, not a lot of them have been making good decisions. No! No, they haven't! So, uh, Janet makes her way out and uh, heads toward the, uh, the vessel that the X-Men used to get here. And, um, Wolverine says probably the most astute thing he could possibly have said, which is... First Spider-Man trashes us, now the Wasp? I've had it with getting dumped on my butt. Yeah, I kind of agree. No, I'm with Wolverine on this one. So, um... The Beyonder is watching all of us going, I might have made an error. There's been a lot of miscalculation on my part at this point. My bad! These are Earth's heroes, why is it still spinning? <laughs> so, uh, at this point, Magneto gets back up to his feet and says... Taking evasive action won't save her. That little fool. I'll crush that vehicle and her with it. So, uh, yeah. As To which Charles responds, you know what, Eric? We'll let you have one. She, re Th she deserves it after that Hitler comment. Yeah, that was fucked up. I'm really sorry, Eric. <laughs> it just, like... Why would you say that? That's so... I know, I know. That's not okay. I know, Eric. You still got some of that fruit nectar. Maybe we can sit down and have a nice beverage and calm down. Would you mind? I'd actually really appreciate that no, for a second. No, that's, like, that's fine. Five minute, a five-minute sit-down and I'll be, I'll be good to go. No, no, totally fine, totally fine. By the way, um, did you actually crush that ship out there? Oh, shit! <laughs> so, uh, but actually, yeah, uh... Wasp is, uh, not doing well with piloting this thing, so, uh, she's having a lot of trouble, uh, because remember, it was powered by thought energy, so she's not exactly doing so well here. And as we have just established, the Wasp doesn't have many thoughts! So, she's, she's trying, but it's not going very well. And back at the base, uh, as Magneto is trying to destroy the ship, uh... Charles comes in with, Magnus, no, I cannot allow you to do this. Allow me? You presume much, Xavier. Again, did you hear what she said to me? And he goes, Listen to me, I could have prevented her escape with a simple telepathic command, but I chose not to. A few hours ago, I succumbed to temptation and psionically prevented Spider-Man from delaying our journey here. That was a crime, an act I shall long regret. In that moment of weakness, I was no better than Doom, or Hitler, or anyone else who ever used power to usurp another's freedom. If we are to be allies, Magneto, we must first agree that whatever noble ends we seek do not justify evil means. 
Plus, watching her struggle to survive and die on this alien planet is gonna be way more fun to watch. Hot damn, you're right. Now back to that fruit <laughs> nectar. Alien cocktails for everyone! Yay! <laughs> so, uh, from there, uh, we cut from the X-Men to the uh, newly settled uh, mountain range, where we zoom in to uh, billions of tons beneath the surface... And somebody says, how about a little light? <laughs> yeah. And so uh, Captain Marvel, who has regained consciousness, uh, uses her light powers to uh, illuminate this, this space here. And Iron Man says, there must be two miles of rock above you. How can even you hold all that up, Hulk? And so, yeah, we're, we're here in the scene with uh, the Hulk holding up this entire mountain range for everyone. Well, Damn. Yes. And he goes... I'm just bracing it. I've got leverage. Still, I don't know how long. Seconds, a, a minute, maybe. That's not even my biggest concern, guys. My nose itches really bad. Would somebody mind just, like, reaching up and giving it a little scritchity scritch? <laughs> I was gonna say, I wish Wolverine was here. I'd be like, snicked. I got it. No, not you! <laughs> Crush the end roll credits. <laughs> but so, um, they, uh, they say that there must be a way to get out of here. And, um, they revive Reed Richards and, um, they, you know, explain the whole situation to him. And Ben goes, there ain't enough air for the torch to flame on and burn his way out. And it's probably too far anyway. No one here has power enough to cut through a dig out. And Hulk replies, Shit, I didn't even... I didn't even think about their air supply either. Oh, yeah. If there's not enough for Johnny to ignite, they're going to run out of air in, like, seconds. Oh, yeah, no, definitely, with all these people who are breathing in here. And um, so Reed uh, goes, Iron Man, let me have a look at your armor. If it operates as I suspect it does, I just might have an idea. You must have a toolkit. I'll need it. And Hawkeye, if you have any trick arrows with microelectronic components, good. Spider-Man, your web-shooting devices must have circuitized relays. I'll need them, too. With all of these devices, I can make a mountain levitator. <laughs> so, uh, Spidey... What the hell are you gonna build? So, Spidey's a little bit, uh, leery about, you know, them using his web-shooters. But, um... Guys, it's kind of my whole shtick. So, he goes, there's no time to argue. I... All right, I, I guess, yeah, the air's running out, Hulk's getting exhausted. I mean, why not? So, <laughs> yeah, Hulk's probably using up the most air right now. He is exerting himself to an insane degree. So, um, essentially, uh, what he's doing is, um, Reed is, uh, working with Iron Man's armor to, um, he's going, working with it is easier than I ever dared hope. Every system is already cross-linked, a cinch to modify. I knew Tony Stark was brilliant, but to which the Hulk chimes in with, Shut up, Richards! I'm tired of hearing about how brilliant you are, and now how brilliant Stark is! Do you hear me? The dumb brute who's buying you this time is fed up with that garbage! Fuck yes! I'm so on Bruce's side! And then Reed replies, I see. Well, that's exactly the kind of self-pitying mewling we expect from you, Hulk, or Dr. Fuck Banner, you, or whoever you are, but you're correct. Fuck you! You are a brute, so keep using your muscle. That's all you're good for. I hate you so much! So, Hulk... Oh my god, I'd strangle you if you couldn't stretch! Hulk responds, 
Why you, you arrogant clown! You know I'm losing my intellect, don't you? And you think I'm just a dumb ox again already, don't you? Well, maybe I am, but you better pray your stupid plan fails, because if we get out of here, I'm going to tear you apart! Oh, do it! Fucking do it! I want to see it happen! So Reed then says... Captain Marvel, Johnny, I've adapted Iron Man's energy input circuit so that you can feed your energy directly into his power pods using these makeshift transfer units. So, essentially, um, they're pouring their energy into Iron Man's armor, and he manages to create a massive unibeam, which manages to blast their way out of the mountain. That is some Dragon Ball Z bullshit, and I love hey, it. Hey, it all makes sense, right? It, for comic science, yes, yeah, it you does. <laughs> so as uh, as they're making their way uh, out of this, um, they, they make their way onto the mountainside, and Reed goes over to the Hulk and says, Hulk, uh, Dr. Banner, I'm sorry about what I said down there. I was only... You knew I was losing it. You deliberately made me angry because you knew the madder I get, the stronger I get. Yes, I know, Richards. I figured it out. I'm not that stupid. Uh... <laughs> Uh, 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 fuck! <laughs> yeah. I was just waiting to give you the explanation after your outburst, so. <laughs> I don't think I have ever been played so hard. <laughs> oh my god, I'm actually embarrassed. <laughs> Hey, look, it's one of those things where when you think about it, you know, you get what's going on. But if you're if you're not, you know, really considering the situation, then it seems like Reed's being an asshole. I don't think I have ever been so thoroughly duped. I fell for that hook, line and sinker. (laughs) Well, now you know that there was a reason for it, so it makes you feel a little bit better. I guess, although the Hulk's line of, I'm not that stupid, hits a little close to home right now. Yeah, I know. So then, um, around the corner, uh, Thor emerges and says, Ho, Captain America, a welcome sight thou art! To which, uh, Steve replies, I thought that tapping sound we heard might be you trying to dig us out. My mightiest blows? Tapping? You were buried deep indeed. Also, what happened to your clothes? It is a long story, friend. Long story short, don't trust a thought. (laughs) So he goes, In battle with Doom's forces, I learned of your plight. I used a flash of lightning to blind them while I escaped to come to your aid. Unduly, it would seem. Oh, okay, that's how he got away. Yep, that's what happened. All right, I'll buy that, because there was like a big old flash whenever that beam hit him. Mm Mm-hmm. And Cap- oh, but that means Kang is truly fucked. He really is dead. Yep. K- Kang's dead. <laughs> Good fucking riddance. You tried to kill your ancestor, you dumbass. <laughs> so, um, uh, Captain America orders Captain Marvel to uh, reconnoiter for food, shelter, and medical supplies. And since she, you know, is light, she's able to uh, reconnoiter the fastest of anyone else. So, uh, she goes through various locations here, uh, here on Battleworld. Yay, I get to do something! <laughs> so, she finds this volcanic landscape, where that won't be terribly helpful. Then she finds their destroyed headquarters, which again, not terribly helpful. She flies past, past Galactus, and, um... 
We will. Wow, he's still doing that, huh? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's the dumbest bit we've got going right now, and I fucking love it. (laughs) So, um, she passes what she sees is a village, and she says, So the Beyonder. What? So the Beyonder brought some non combatants along for the ride, too. It figures. Obviously, the Big B spared no effort to provide the necessary accoutrements for this little secret war. And what's a war without innocent victims? What the fuck is Galactus doing, by the way? Stuff. He's just standing on a mountain looking at nothing. Yeah. Oh, let me guess. He's musing about how much he misses his wife. You know, he may as well be with how, how much he's done. Galactus miss Mrs. Galactus so much. <laughs> no, no. Um, but uh, so we, we'll get we'll get back to Galactus in a little bit here. But uh, Captain Marvel is continuing her uh, her reconnoitering of the planet. She pulls up on Doom Base and turns around, you know, before she's detected. And she says that uh, the village... Um, is probably still their best bet, aside from one teensy-weensy little problem, which is the fact that the village is very close to where Galactus is standing, so... Well, he doesn't seem concerned with it. If he was, he would have crushed it by now. No, absolutely. So, it's probably not an issue, but Spider-Man is a bit concerned about it, to which Captain Marvel replies, I told you that this is the best I could do. Yeah, what else you got? You want to go to the volcano land? Yeah, maybe not. So, um, they pull up on this village where there are a bunch of alien beings with white hair and pointy ears and, like, they, they appear to have an all-purple robe, um, dress code. Because everybody, <laughs> yeah, everybody's dressed this way. And they're speaking an alien language that obviously nobody can understand because it is represented by various, like, scratches and squiggles in the word balloon. So... <laughs> Damn it, we found the village of elf monks. <laughs> so they pull up, and um, <laughs> the Hulk is like, Can't they see we need help? I'll make them help us. Hulk, Hulk, calm down, buddy. Eat a Snickers. <laughs> and um, Captain America goes, No, Hulk, that's not our way. Besides, I think that woman is arguing on our behalf. And it's true, there is a woman in the front who uh, uh, is kind of like, looking with kind of a sympathetic expression on her face, and she turns toward the rest of them and is giving instructions, and the rest of them start to uh, carry the injured heroes into the village. And the Hulk suspects that this may be a trap, to which Spider-Man replies, Nah, my Spider-Sense would be tingling a blue streak. They really mean to help us. So far. I, you know what, that's a good point by Petey, but I'm kind of, again, on the Hulk's side here. This feels a little too convenient. So, uh, the woman who was arguing on their behalf, uh, brings them into the, uh, into this, uh, building, where she lays them down on these nice little cots here, and she's laying her hands upon them, and energy appears to be flowing through her into these people, and Reed points out that it's healing their injuries. So... Oh, cool. She's a cleric. Yes, that's basically where we're at. <laughs> and um, j- she moves over to the human torch and starts um, laying her hands on him and says... And he says, Hey, it feels terrific, guys. My ribs and arm feel better already. 
And um, he's he's looking at her. It really does feel terrific when this hot alien babe puts her hands on me. So um, he's looking on her again and smiling. And we get another quick reminder that this comic was made in the 80s with uh, Johnny saying, Wow, I think I'm in love. Baby, I'll tumble for you. Huh? You know the song, I'll tumble for you. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's dated. Yep, yep. And from the side, after hearing that, Rhodey in the Iron Man suit goes, Torch, you got no class, man. <laughs> the whole superhero crew just boo. <laughs> so uh, from there, uh, we shift our focus over to uh, Ben and Reed. And Ben goes, I don't know about this place, Reed. I mean, we're right in plain sight of Galactus. Ben, believe me, if he cared about us, it wouldn't matter where we were hidden. But he doesn't, so right here is just as safe as anywhere else. I mean, again, Galactus hasn't attacked this village yet. I think we're pretty safe. Yeah, I mean, so far, he's just up there going, Galactus has not given a fuck about anything in this series yet. I mean, he was- He has just not cared. Straight up not cared, except when he tried to get away from the Beyonder. Well, he went toward the Beyonder because he wants the Beyonder to take away his hunger. So, you know, but that's basically the involvement of Galactus in the series so far. Otherwise, he got up, he started standing on this mountain, and that's been it. Yeah, he's just standing there. Doom tried to talk to him, and he fucked off. Yeah, pretty much. So, basically, yeah- and at that point, as they're musing about Galactus, um, Ben spontaneously turns back into the thing. <laughs> and so... Ah, oh, now we gotta have 40 pages of I'm a freak. Well, he goes, Son of a... What in the blue blazes is wrong with me? On Earth, I'm always a lovable lump of orange rocks. Here, all of a sudden, I get human again for no reason at the worst possible time, and now I'm a monster again. Why, big brain? Why? And Reed replies, I, I'm not sure, Ben. I'm never sure the 5,000 times this happens to you. So he thinks to himself, but I have a strong suspicion, and it's not good news. And he says to Thing, I'll, uh, I'll give it some thought. To which Ben replies, you do that, Stretcho. I'm gonna see if these guys got a cot big enough for me and hit the sack. If these little wimps don't panic and run off at the sight of my beautiful bod. Ah, at least he's using positive language for himself now. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, so then Reed um, thinks to himself again, At last I truly understand just how lonely you feel, Ben, trapped inside that body. Now I'm trapped too, billions of light years away from Sue, fighting what might be the last fight. Son of a bitch! This is the worst one. This is the most out of nowhere stupid. This is the worst one yet. This is the worst I miss my wife. This is the worst I miss my wife. How dare you compare this to Ben's plight? I I keep thinking that we should be keeping an I miss my wife counter because... We really should. There should be a ding every time someone goes on one of these stupid monologues. I really do think that. But uh, Reed is distracted out of his I miss my wife monologue by noticing that Galactus has moved his arms. I am now a Tweety Bird. (laughs) So he's raised his arms up high into the sky and Reed looks upward and yells out, Oh no! No! 
And that's where we end the issue. Oh, fuck. What? <laughs> yeah, that's oh, it. that's where it ends? Oh, shit. Yeah, that's it. That's the end of the issue. So we gotta wait till next time to figure out exactly what Reed is yelling about. Oh, man. <laughs> fuck, Galactus is finally gonna do something. Galactus is doing a thing. Yes. Galactus is doing oh. a thing. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, that was issue three and issue four of Secret Wars. So what'd you think? (laughs) This is so stupidly entertaining. (laughs) There's so much dumb happening, but at the same time, there's so much epic shit happening. I can't decide if I, I both love it and hate it at the same time. And that combination also makes me love it, if that makes sense. You have to understand that that's why we're featuring it on this show, of all things. So... Yeah, oh yeah, believe me, I understand. I'm just, I'm so conflicted, because I'm like, God, these characters are being dumb in this story. But at the same time, it's so fucking entertaining. Like, we get that <laughs> and the stupid I miss my wife monologues. But then on the other side, we get this DBZ Kamehameha blast that blows through a whole mountain range. It was nice, wasn't it? We get the Hulk holding up billions of tons of rock by himself. I know. Like, there there are some stupidly epic moments in this series that are, you know, kind of bookended by the I miss my wife's and the, uh, the, the stupid, like, musings that are through this whole thing. And, you know, some of it is, some of it is decent. A lot of it is stuff that we've already heard before. Like, I didn't even read the entirety of Reed's thought bubble in the last instance here, where he's again musing about the fact that Sue's pregnant, and he has no idea whether he's actually going to be able to make it home to see the birth of their second child, if at all. So... And, and... We neglected one other point on that regard, Andrew. What's that? I don't care! <laughs> I don't care! I don't think you care! I don't think anyone cares! Well, I have to tell you, at this point, I I have gotten just as sick as you of the... Yes, we get it! You are billions of miles from home! Focus on winning this, and maybe you'll get to go home! We talked about this in book one! It is now book four, and you still haven't shut up about it! <laughs> they are. They are still, in fact, going. So, um, amidst, amidst the musings of the I miss my wife and the weird, out-of-nowhere fucking that apparently Magneto and the Wasp were doing, let me ask you this, who's your wackiest character amidst all this nonsense? Wackiest character is hands down Magneto. Yes! Thank you! It's absolutely Mag- it can't be any other <laughs> choice. It's Magneto. Mostly for the fact that he is just on vacation on this <laughs> battle world, living his best life. He's shacking up with Wasp. And then Wasp calls him Hitler after he's a Holocaust survivor, and he goes, fuck you! Totally, totally. And I I am also giving it to Magneto for essentially the same reasons as you, but also the fact that he, um, he was content not to do anything basically, until the X-Men showed up. And at that point, he's like, oh, you know, I've been meaning to propose an alliance all along. You were? Where was that energy? (laughs) You certainly weren't rushing to do it. You were making alien cocktails. You know, you were drinking Zinfandel. You know, I guess... You were making croissants. I guess maybe we could blame the storm for all this. Like, maybe he couldn't have gone out in the storm. Maybe we can say that. But what was your excuse for just banging Janet in the middle of all this? Like, what was your... I... 
Magneto, you you are a delightful enigma in this story, and I love you for it. <laughs> he really has one of been one of the best parts of this whole story. Like honestly, I you know how much I love Magneto, and the entirety of this story has just been Magneto fucking around, and I could not be happier with him for it. So yes. Live your best life, Magneto. I support you wholeheartedly. Absolutely. Except for the banging Janet. That's gross. Yeah, it's a, it, it is very ick. But, uh, yeah, so we're a twofer on our wackiest character this week. Um, Good. How about wackiest situation? What you got? Wackiest situation I gotta give to dropping the mountain range on the heroes. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Fuck yes, because that might be one of the most devastating hits I have ever seen in comic books. Okay. That wasn't a mountain. That was a mountain range. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. That was an entire mountain range. Also, the mental image of them going, holy shit, a piece of debris. Don't worry, guys, we got it. Oh, smaller pieces of debris, we can dodge that. Oh. My. God. <laughs> no, that, that, that... It's... It's a combination of them getting hit by a mountain range, and then the Hulk holding up said mountain range. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I, I totally get that. Um, mine is different. Mine I have harped on ad nauseum throughout this book, but Magneto banging Janet is the wackiest situation yeah. for me because it, why? It came right the <laughs> fuck out of nowhere for everybody involved. And then like, it, it, they don't even really, aside from, okay, okay. I have read issues past this that have both Magneto and the Wasp in it. They never bring this up again. They never talk about the fact say. that I, I just, it's, it bloggles my mind. Like, what the hell were you thinking? Why did you decide to shack up these two characters only for it not to matter in any other... Like, I, I'm going to spoil this for you right now. It doesn't come up in any way in the rest of this book either. Magneto and so Janet... means nothing! Magneto and Janet presumably fucking in the middle of this storm. Nada. Nada. Nothing happens. <laughs> nothing comes of it. And I just... It, it is insane, absolutely insane to me that they made this choice, stuck with it, and published it. Surely, surely there must have been an editor somewhere along the line who maybe could have been like, this is weird. Why are you doing this? It's weird that they never talk about it again. Like, in the at some point in, I don't know, issue seven, like... They get in the room together and go, so are we going to talk about the whole, you know? Yeah, I, it's, I don't get it. I don't know why the choice was made. I don't care for it. And I think it's insane. So I'm giving it my wackiest situation because, not because I love it, but because I hate it so much. So I don't think you have ever gotten this angry on the show. I'm kind of happy with it. <laughs> it's not just me for once. No, it's, I... I don't like it in the slightest. <laughs> it's gross, and I don't understand why it happened. I don't Guy, like every, it. Listeners, he is, like, sweating right now. <laughs> he is so angry. I have literal tears in my eyes. I'm not even kidding. That's how... That's... 
That's, that's partially like I'm tying in that moment to Magneto being my wackiest character, so it has not gone unacknowledged <laughs> by me. But um, I, I have to tell you that some of this is years of pent up frustration with this plot point in the series. Partially because you know I'm reading this as like a 12 or 13 year old. I'm seeing this happen, and I'm like, oh wow, Wasp and Magneto must have some really interesting history after this. I wonder what's gonna happen nope. after this all happened. No, nothing ever comes of it. I. I can't. I we uh, never ever ever talk about it ever again. Then again, who hasn't had a one night stand that they never want to talk about again? The fact that Janet Van Dyne's is with Magneto, I just I can't. I cannot. I'm. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Well then, in that case, loyal <laughs> listeners, thank you so much for joining us for another rage-filled episode of This Is Getting Graphic. If you like what you've heard today, please leave I a positive rating why you and a would, comment. Because Magneto you know, fuck Janet, it's <laughs> hey, terrible. Hey, that's not our fault. <laughs> that's Jim Shooter's fault. At least fault. we're pointing it out. It's Jim Shooter's fault. <laughs> Once again, the ultimate enemy of the podcast, Jim Shooter. I have to tell you that half the reason why he's made my enemies list is this moment in this series. <laughs> because it, I don't get it. Well, anyway, I'm, I'm going to help go Andrew ahead, calm down up, for a bit. I'm going I'm to go ahead and get him a cup of tea. Uh, in the meantime, yes, please leave a positive rating or comment on your podcatcher of choice. It really does help the show. Or if you want to get in touch with us directly, feel free to shoot us an email at thisisgettinggraphic at gmail.com. Indeed. We're, we're also on social media. Uh, we're on Facebook at this, with This Is Getting Graphic, and we're on Twitter at This Graphic Pod. You can also find some clips from the show, as well as some other wacky hijinks, over on TikTok at This Is Getting Graphic. And speaking of Twitter, we of course have to give a lovely shout out to friend of the show and artist behind our banners, Miss Alex Hanbury. If you like her work, you can find her over at Twitter at Alex E. Hanbury. And if you appreciate the uh, the music that we use for this show, the opening and closing theme, we use the uh, the Super Guy theme by Mozart Mouse. And we uh, obtained that through Pond5, which is a wonderful source for royalty-free music for any project that you may be working on. So I'm going to put Andrew down for a nap before he drops a mountain range on me. <laughs> but until next time, loyal listeners... Stay super. I hate them so much! <laughs>